Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Seth. And I'm Zach. And we are the Classic Gaming Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's, that's the show, everybody. That's the show. <laughs> All right. That's place in the outro. It's <laughs> good. So uh, we're, moving, yeah, we're moving along here. We've, uh, we've, got, uh, we've got a lot of episodes under our belt. It's true. We do. This is episode... 39 with the assumption yes. that we won't lose it like we've lost two episodes my settings are recording properly so it should be good <laughs> as long as you save it correctly ah uh, no promises there no promises there <laughs> yes uh so anyway so zach what have you been uh most recently been playing so seth the game that i've been playing is a game called frank herbert's dune uh, is that it's is it the same dune that um no <laughs> that we talked about in our westwood episode it's not but it was created by the same company oh fun so this frank herbert's dune is actually more based on the sci-fi miniseries of the same name which in turn is based on the book by writer frank herbert Fra- who and this game <laughs> who but and this game came out in uh 2001 on the playstation 2 it's a uh 3d action adventure game you play as paul atreides um, and you have to team up with the Fremen on the planet Arrakis to battle the evil house, house Har- Harkonnen. Which as you do. Which is just the plot of Dune. <laughs> so that's the story of Dune. That's what you do. So you play as Paul. You have to uh, kind of kind of explore Arrakis, try not to get eaten by sandworms, and try not to drown in the, the sand. Because um, sometimes you go through sand that gets deep and your character oh, has wait, to like... Like quicksand. Like quicksand, yeah. It's, it's a very visually interesting game, I think. Um, it has some very bad voice acting and the animations are very bad uh whenever the characters walk they just kind of do a running animation so even when they're walking slowly they just kind of run at at wherever they're going also their mouths move all over the place what i think happened was they didn't want to take the time to actually voice sync because the game is in a couple different languages when you when you play it it prompts you if you want to play it in english or in like german or spanish and i think they just didn't want to voice sync for each language so i think they just made up their own voice <laughs> their their own mouth movements so oh, that it good. would work with none of the languages <laughs> which it does Perfect. Uh, yeah Overall, not a great game, but it was just one I wanted what, to try out. What if you could think that they are... Can you get subtitles? Maybe you can just pretend that they are all speaking like a like foreign a space language. language. Yeah, like a space language. Space language. Yeah, I could. I could. And they're, it's just badly dubbed. As Seth was noting, this was made by a company called Cryo, which uh, developed the adventure game Dune, which we mentioned in our Westwood episode. Uh, the adventure game Dune being a point-and-click adventure game that was released for the PC, also based on the Frank Herbert novel. And I think actually the adventure game was closer in tone to the David Lynch movie at the time, which was the more recent dune property that was out interesting fact about cryro was their first game was dune and their last game was dune <laughs> because frank herbert's dune was the last game that they made <laughs> they just bookend themselves with yeah dune. That, yeah in the history of cryro it's dune whatever the stuff they made in the middle dune <laughs> and then it's over rest in peace Cry- cryro rest in peace cryro i want to say it's 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 cry it's it's weird it's like a cry i almost want to say cairo but it's yeah. not c-r-y-o so yeah. cry oh cry which is what they did or curio curio no i don't know cryo cryo if any cryo devs are listening to this please let us know how we're saying your name wrong well there's <laughs> there's there's no there's nobody that there's no cryo cry. devs <laughs> there's, former there's, cryo devs <laughs> 
Uh, so Seth, what about you? What have you been playing? Uh, so recently I've been playing uh, a game called Pokemon Sword. It's Pokemon. It's part of a a, a series of games that you may have heard of called Little, yeah, small the, the Pokemon series. Um, it is in fact the second Pokemon game ever to be released to a home game console after Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Of the core second, series, not yeah, the, I was gonna say, not, yeah. not yes, yes, yes. We're aware that Stadium Snap and all those things came for the N sixty four. In the core series of games, it was the first to be, it was the second to be released to home game consoles. The game takes place in a, a region known as the Galar region, which is very akin to the United Kingdom in theming and aesthetics. And your main objective, as it is in most Pokemon games, is to uh, defeat Pokemon gym leaders and dethrone the the champion league like so the pokemon league has a champion um in this one it's leon the game also introduced 81 new pokemon so there's a total of 400 in the game also new gimmicks like uh dynamaxing your pokemon which in a gym battle you can make your pokemon gigantic oh that's fun they can also then the other pokemon becomes gigantic and then you fight big pokemon against each other we couldn't do that back in my day I, it's true fun fact i think the I, I i play a smattering of pokemon games though the last one that i played i think was the the red leaf which was the remaster of red blue yeah 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 uh so i played played that one or red fire fire red fire red yeah yeah yeah. and so then i think i and then of course i played the original and then now I'm picking up Sword. So there's been some games in between that I may have played a little bit of each, but um, haven't really gotten into it. But we will um, actually be spending more of this episode talking about Pokemon since this is our Pokemon episode. Yeah. Which is, yeah. if you listen to our episodes without reading the titles, it would be a surprise or at least That's a really right. good segue. That's right. If you read the episode titles before listening to the show, then you would know that we were going to be talking about Pokemon all along. Who knows? Maybe we'll release like an April Fool's episode where we just have a different topic for the than the title. <laughs> oh, that would have been good to do back in April. Yeah, well, there's another April coming oh, up. Oh, it's true. Future April. <laughs> they come once but a now year. We're, now we're spoiling it for people listening because everyone memorizes every word that we ever say it's true it's what they tell us so uh zach what memories do you have of pokemon who are pocket monsters not digital monsters that's an entirely different franchise yeah that's digimon we don't want to get the pokemon fans mad at us well seth my memories of pokemon really range back to the early 2000s and the late 90s when the television show was popular here in the united states I was I was a big fan of the Pokemon anime um, that was that was brought over, um, and I was a fan of the Pokemon movies. I also had some of the Pokemon cards. I never knew how to play with them. I just had them. That's right. I remember that you collected the Pokemon cards. I did. I never knew the rules to Pokemon cards. <laughs> Isn't it? Aren't they very similar to Magic? It's. It is. It's like my understanding is the game that you play with the Pokemon cards is very similar to Magic on a. It's like an easier version of Magic, which I guess also makes it very similar to Yu-Gi-Oh, which is also very. It's an easier version of Magic. You like the guy who made Magic? I know we're not a card game. I mean, they could be classic games. We've never truly specified. It's true. Our scope, but. From my understanding, the guy who created magic cards actually 
was uh, he was an employee of uh, Hasbro or Wizard I Wizards I Hasbro. He was an employee of this of the company, and the company told him that he had to make a board game because the card game was going to flop. <laughs> That's funny. And his board, <laughs> because they needed to bring two products to market. So he had to make this board game and then he had to make magic cards. And he presented them and they're like, yeah, okay, let's, let's put the marketing effort behind the board game. And he, the board game uh, disappeared to hit the annuls of history. And uh, magic is magic. Um, and that guy who worked on the magic, he went on to develop other collectible card games. Nice. So that's and that's the only reason why I bring him up because I feel like he might have been involved with Pokemon, but maybe not. Nice. Yeah, I did have a lot of the card ga- cards too. Uh, I have no clue where they are now. I kind of wish I did because some of them probably are worth money, and that makes me sad to realize that I don't have them, and potentially don't have money. Uh, in, in 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 the vein of collectible cards, I had Star Wars cards, if you would remember, and they are worth no money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's true. But yeah, uh, I think one of my favorite memories, though, of going, of related to Pokemon was I remember in 2000, the Pokemon movie, Pokemon 3, came out in theaters, uh, and the showcase cinemas near where Seth and I lived was showing it and I made my mom take me to see it and she fell right asleep uh, at the beginning of that movie and slept through the entirety of it it's like a 90 minute long movie two hour long movie maybe slept through all that Pokemon time she was a hard working uh, nurse she was she was she was a very hard working nurse and I don't blame her for falling asleep during my very weird fighting animal movie <laughs> but yeah I, it, it was they were fun movies um and the anime was fun i didn't actually play much of the game uh one of my friends i think a couple of my friends actually had copies of the game so i played them through them but the first time i actually played the game myself was um thanks to you seth because you gave us you you introduced me to emulators and you had right. a you had a game boy emulator and that's how i played i think it was pokemon blue at the time was that's right had a game boy emulator so that's right those are my memories of pokemon so uh my memories start probably similarly timed to zachary's so we never had a portable game system until i think we got a game gear which yeah a game gear would not play uh pokemon on it um but we didn't have any game boy or game boy colors or anything of that nature um for our childhood and all my friends in middle school were obsessed with pokemon so i was interested in it i think by that time I had a friend who taught me about emulators and was able to play some Pokemons on it. Yeah. Nintendo, please don't. <laughs> please do not hurt us. We were young. We were foolish. I, will, I did buy Pokemon Sword as a, as a, on my Switch. As penance. So. <laughs> as penance. Uh, definitely. Well, we won't tell anybody how to replicate it, and I have forgotten how. <laughs> so obviously clear of all crimes <laughs> but but i was able to uh play um the original pokemon and also um the uh pokemon uh green as well oh yeah which we didn't get here in america we we got blue and red correct 
And so with that, I will um, kind of go into the history of Pokemon, uh, also known as uh, pocket monsters. Uh, Pokemon is a cultural phenomenon that originated in Japan, which was originally developed by Game Freak and published by Nintendo. Um, It it has since evolved into this company called the Pokemon Company because the franchise is large enough to support its own company, where three different companies, Game Freak, Nintendo... And a company called Creatures have share into this Pokemon company and create the games going forward under that company's umbrella. And they all have equal share in it Um, because the franchise is a multi-billion dollar franchise, which we'll get to. Um, The original games that were released were Pokemon Red and Pokemon Green, as Zachary said, not we got blue in the in the U.S., but um, the original Japanese release was Pokemon Red and Green. Uh, you could, in fact, get Pokemon Blue in Japan um, through a mail order service. Uh, so Pokemon Red and Green were released in February of 1996. And the special edition of Blue was released in October. So Pokemon Blue was originally a mail order product that you had to be a subscriber to uh, Korra Korra Comic, which is a monthly manga magazine. Uh, Eventually, it was released to the general retail in 1999. The blue version featured updated in-game artwork and new dialogue, which they actually kept um, when they brought over to uh, North America. So they used like the Blastoise image in the North American release. I played green. It played very similar to uh, red. I had to get it uh, translated, but not localized because I didn't know anyone who could localize. So (laughs) it was fun and interesting to play. Uh, Two years did pass and uh, red and green now relabeled as blue were localized and shipped to the North American market. Uh, then it got shipped to Australia, and then finally in uh, 1999, it was released in Europe. So while the U.S. in th- so the U.S. while in 1998 got their first taste of Pokemon with red and blue, in Japan they were releasing Pokemon Yellow. So they were up to four Pokemon games, where the U.S. were at two Pokemon games. They uh, eventually brought Pokemon Yellow over to the uh, North American market in 1999 and in 2000 for Europe. So since then, there have been eight main titles. So Pokemon always releases in two versions. And beyond those eight main titles, there are two uh, derivative titles, uh, which would be the Pocket Monster Blue version, which is the special edition of Red and Green. And then Black 2 and White 2, which are sequels to to Pokemon Black and Pokemon White. There are also six upper versions of the game, which are Yellow, Crystal, Emerald, Platinum, and Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. And then six remake titles, where they remade Red and Blue into Fire, uh, Red Fire and Leaf Green. So they did that for a few other of the versions. If you were to own each core game of pokemon you would need to buy 32 separate titles across six game systems from the game boy through to the switch could you say that you would have to 
catch them all. <laughs> you would. You would, in fact, catch them all. And that was a Pokemon's uh, shtick, as it were, uh, where you had, they they almost like, I feel like they almost capitalized on FOMO and the fear of like missing out, as yeah. it were. Yeah, oh, definitely. Where they would lock creatures away from other, ver- you would have to get specific versions of the games if you wanted to catch all the Pokemon. And there were the ability to also to trade up into different versions. Yeah, there were some there were some limitations. But for example, if you had Pokemon Red, uh, you could trade up those Pokemon as well. So you could trade up from like, for example, if you owned Red, you could trade into Gold. Um, there were where you um, you couldn't necessarily trade the first Pokemon you picked on Red all the way into Sword, but because there are limitations for yeah, trading yeah. it up, but you could definitely mix mingle the Pokemon that you catch to different uh, titles, as it were. Yeah, I think what's interesting about Pokemon is it's the only it's the only IP that I know that exists, in, at least in terms of gaming, where in order to get the complete package, you have to buy two full retail priced games. That's so right. Like, so like, I don't know, just imagine if like, when Last of Us 2 came out, and they were like, well, we have Last of Us 2. And then we have Last of Us 2 again. With, with- <laughs> With, with with differences with the same exact character but perhaps different enemies yeah and in order to get the full experience you have to buy both of these games at full retail price and 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 pokemon and like nintendo and pokemon the pokemon company know that and people will buy both games at full retail price they'll they'll bundle them together as as a separate yes. as a bundle um when I, I was at a GameStop the day Sword and Shield came out. Uh, I was actually there to pick up a different game, not Sword and Shield. Um, but everyone was there to pick up Sword and Shield. There are people who would be like, oh, I ordered, I pre-ordered the Sword and Shield bundle. I'm also getting a, a, a separate copy of Sword and a separate copy of Shield. And it was like... I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Why do you need that many Pokemon? Why do you need that many copies of one game? But uh yeah, no, it, it's it's they they have a they have a they have a great system, I think. It's uh it's yeah. worked for them, you know. I feel like I feel like no other game company could do that and get away with it for as long no, as they have. Yeah. I agree. I and I, I think it's actually I think it, it would be weird if they didn't split their releases now. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Like if they if they were like Here's the one end all be all of Pokemon game. The, the, the funny thing is, people would probably complain about it. Right? <laughs> like, no, they would definitely. Like, there would probably be a thing being like, "Well, why don't we get the two versions?" So, right? Yeah, because it's. I I feel like having two versions of the game makes it feel like there's more things to catch. Yeah, it, it's a different. Um, and, and it's not just things to catch. I know there's different, like, I think in Sun and Moon, and our Pokemon fans out there can correct me if I'm wrong, but in Sun and Moon, it introduced a, like, ultra evolution thing that you could do where, like, your your characters could evolve to, like, a hyper state as opposed to being, like, it, it like instead of Mewtwo, it would become, like, Mewtwo plus, and he would look different. And the versions of Sun and Moon, it's a different version of that, like, Mewtwo plus 
people called him Mew 3, which I think is hilarious. But it's like, in in one version, he looks one way, and in another version, he looks a different way. And that was the same with some of the other characters. I think, like, the, like, the Charizard, like, Ultra Plus thing, whatever it was, he would look slightly different in one version versus another version, and then the abilities were slightly different. So it wasn't just the amount of Pokemon you could catch, it was also other small things, but there were there were differences between these versions yeah and i also feel like there was people there were like there are people out there who will tell you like what version they prefer of a specific game oh yeah like like there are people like even in when i when we were in school like there were kids who preferred pokemon red over pokemon blue oh yeah and the reasons why or xyz I did remember, I think it was Pokemon Red and Blue, where if you got the Game Boy Color, you, you each of the towns were different shades. Like, the entire town was one, like, palette of yeah, a color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you go to, um, well, what was it, the Pewter Village or something? Pewter City. Ta- computer city with all the ghosts and it was just like a pale purple. Oh, that's type. Lavender Town. La- oh, Lavender Town. Lavender Town, town has all the ghosts. And that's it's also very lavendery. It is very lavendery. But no, yeah, and actually, if you had the original uh, red and blue here in, here in America, and you had the Super Game Boy on the Super Nintendo, there was a border that came with the Pokemon games, and it was different for each version. So the Pokemon Red had different Pokemon in the border than Pokemon Blue, um, which is just a neat little thing. Um, the games were the games had that little special tweak for them for the for the Super Game Boy. So, in terms of gameplay of Pokemon, uh, they are RPG games, but one thing is that they are top-down RPG games, and they they have three different screens that you become familiar with. There's an overhead view where you're walking around towns and grass and forests. There's a menu mode where you can go through inventory, maps, settings, etc., etc., and then there's the battle screen. And the battle screen is actually really cool because that's where you get to see the artwork of the different trainers, the different Pokemon, um, and, and so on. So whenever you meet a trainer and he challenges you to a battle, you'll go into the battle screen. It'll play this really catchy song. And then uh, you'll actually get to see the artwork of the trainer. Usually sometimes he's standing like with, or he or she are standing with the Pokemon that is like their Pokemon sort of thing. Um, sometimes it's just them looking cool. So the games primarily consist of you playing as a small child who gets a creature and has to go out and capture and battle other creatures and creature trainers um, to prove to everyone that they are the very best that no one has ever known. <laughs> uh, overall, a very strange plot in the sense that it is you as a conceivably of 11 year old who is told, all right, go explore the world and try not to die. <laughs> Right, while your parent, like, your your mother just stays home. Yeah, and she calls you every now and then. She's like, hey, you eating well? <laughs> you changing your underwear? All right, and, see ya. <laughs> and and you, could, you could go home and you can, I think you can rest in the house? Yeah, you can you can rest in the house, I think. And uh, and if you go home, I think sometimes your mother will give you things that help you out later in the in the game. So the gameplay of the game of Pokemon has has a couple of different mechanics. There's the battling and caption. There's the battling and capturing mechanic where you use your Pokemon. Uh, you have a team of six, and you have to use special moves gover- governed by a limit of uses. And then you attempt to use the Pokemon type that is effective against another Pokemon type. So so for example, fire versus grass. You know, use a fire type. On a grass type you're going to do some damage if you use a water type on 
a fire type, you're going to do some damage. If you use like uh, like a Water fire type. Water versus rock. On a, uh, what's that? Water versus rock. Water versus rock, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it does some damage. But if you use like fire on rock, no, no, it's not. It's not super effective. It's not super effective at all. <laughs> um, So you, you would capture the Pokemon that you encounter and that, that became your team. Um, usually versus one Pokemon. So what you would do is you you would capture Pokemon who popped up in the wild, and they those would form your team, and then you would use them to catch the one Pokemon that you are now after in the wild. Um, and, and that was the game, pretty much. So in order to catch the Pokemon, you would have to get them to a certain level of damage. And when you throw the through the ball, um, it, it would either let the pokemon be caught or they would escape i know there was always that that urban legend i think there were a few like held a while it was while it was the pokemon the pokeball would like blink when you would ke- try to catch them and people would be like you have to tap a and you you're guaranteed to catch it while it's blinking oh i still and do then, that people do still do that it doesn't actually yeah. do anything <laughs> i yeah i i spam a actually sarah so I've been playing Pokemon Sword with my fiance, and she uh, called me out when I was catching a Pokemon. Okay. And because she's just like, what are you doing as I'm like furiously pounding the A button? And I was like, no, this is how you catch Pokemon. <laughs> this is muscle memory. I mean, people do that with Pokemon. I notice people do that with Pokemon Go. They'll tap the Pokeball. When yeah, it's yeah, like- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's how you make sure it gets it stays in. And so... In, in in a battle situation, not a capture situation, in a battle situation against a, another Poke Trainer or just some dude who doesn't like you, it would be your team of Pokemon versus someone else's team. My favorite thing about Pokemon is that you'll be walking through this area of like random people and they'll just walk up to you and they'll be like, hey, how's it going? And it would be like, <laughs> I think my favorite one was someone's like, I don't like your pants. And then it just like goes into a battle. It's like the, uh, the turn of the century where they used to solve things by dueling. In yeah. the Pokemon world, they just have their <laughs> Pokemon creatures yeah. beating each other up. <laughs> yeah, you just solve it by animal fighting. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Pokemon is a less sophisticated world sometimes. But nobody dies. <laughs> That's true. Nobody dies, except for the Pokemon ghost then they're dead <laughs> and marowak's mom but but, but <laughs> confirmed dead <laughs> but, but but they died through peaceful things maybe <laughs> maybe so additionally there in pokemon red and blue you could trade over a game link cable i think some of the later pokemon games allowed this too um i know i think like fire red and, and such you could do trading in pokemon sword you can do it online yeah, and Pokemon Sword you can do it online. However, the whole like the whole reason people bought a Game Link cable back back in the day was not for multiplayer Game Boy games. It was for trading Pokemon. Sure. <laughs> it was the only reason. Red, blue, and yellow could trade up to Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal. Additionally, there was a transfer pack for the Nintendo 64, which took Pokemon data and allowed you to drop your Pokemon into games such as Pokemon Stadium and Pokemon Stadium 2. What was also really cool about the transfer pack is it actually allowed you to play Pokemon games on your copies of Pokemon Stadium and Pokemon Stadium 2. And it was through, like, a weird way of doing it. Like, those games don't have, like, emulators built into them. Like, it's something weird that allows the game to be played. Um, I highly recommend a YouTuber named Stop Skeletons from Fighting. He has, like, a whole video on the transfer pack and stuff you can do with it. And he talks more in detail about what the transfer pack was actually doing when it came to Pokemon Stadium Pokemon Stadium 2. Um, some other fun facts that Pokemon stems from the developers. Satoshi Tajiri had a hobby of collecting insects. And instead of collecting 
insects, children would collect pocket pocket monsters you know that was the idea he he wanted something that wasn't collecting bugs (laughs) he also was very anti-violence so that's why pokemon only faint they still punch each other (laughs) so he was only anti-violence to a point (laughs) yeah they they don't die he he was (laughs) anti-death maybe was more is more correct statement there because the whole point of pokemon is fighting so (laughs) I don't know about that, Tajiri. Don't know about that. Also, Satoshi's the name of uh it's one of the default names in the in the game. When you are starting in the Japanese game instead of Ash, which is the name for the American uh Pokemon character in the in the television series, it's Satoshi, which I assume comes from Satoshi Tajiri. Being the developer. Pokemon was a runaway success for Game Freak and Nintendo. In uh, 1996, uh, Red, Green, and Blue sold 1.04 million units, and in uh, another 3.65 million in 97, which actually ended up surpassing Final Fantasy VII, making it Japan's best-selling game of the year of 1997. Um, By the end of its run, uh, Pokemon Red and Blue uh, the set sold over 31 million copies worldwide, which almost 10 of those uh, fell in the United States. Uh, another 10 uh, fell in the uh, Japanese market, and the remainder was throughout the rest of the world. So the U.S. market and the Japanese market is a very important market for the for Pokemon as it represents uh together over half of those that 31 million dollars well over half it's also i mean this isn't in our notes but i'll at least talk about it in the sense that pokemon also wasn't just a video game success it was just a overall success i talked about it in my memories of pokemon but there was an anime there was a manga there was uh uh card games there was coloring books there was it's definitely a cultural phenomenon yeah there was light novels there was everything i mean everything's branded everything is there's pokemon pokemon sippy cups that you'd have in the bathroom that i remember pokemon pajamas i probably had a pair of them you know pikachu has been in the macy days parade yeah exactly it was a massive success and the pokemon anime alone is is a massive thing as well it it has over 20 seasons tons of tv specials and over 1121 individual episodes which is oh, yeah it's still it's still uh in production still in production yeah i mean it's changed obviously in, in animation style and cast and crew and such over the years but it has run nearly consistency since 1997 in the indigo league to 2019 and ongoing with journeys with only like a brief hiatus it looks like <laughs> and that was it like they kept going um and there's been tons of movies uh more recently there was uh detective pikachu which was a live action movie with uh ryan Reynolds, deadpool uh and was pretty good it's based on a spin-off of the pokemon franchise called detective pikachu which is a mystery game where you play as a, a young boy who teams up with a Pikachu who can speak to him and drink coffee. And, uh, <laughs> and then the movie That's pretty is, much the movie. The movie's that. <laughs> it was pretty fun. It's a good movie. I, I like it. I think it's on HBO. So that's going to be our Pokemon episode? Yeah, it's a shorter episode. But I think, um, you know, if, if, you know, Pokemon is such a big phenomena and such a big franchise that I think it would be 
uh, worthwhile to hear what everyone else has to say about Pokemon. So if you have memories of Pokemon, if you have some fun Pokemon, if you have a favorite Pokemon, like what your favorite Pokemon is, let us know. Send us an email at classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com. We'd love to hear it. I know, I know. Seth, what's your favorite Pokemon? Uh, I would have to say that my favorite, absolute favorite Pokemon is... I'm going with uh, Kabutops. Kabutops. I like Kabutops too. I, I have a few favorites. I do have a few favorites. You said yeah. only your favorite. You're so only your don't favorite. tell me your few favorites. Because yeah, I yeah. can go on a list. There's like Scyther. There's... I think yeah, I think one of my absolute <laughs> favorites. There's Scyther. There's... <laughs> um, I think one of my absolute favorites is uh shelter just because i think he looks ridiculous <laughs> he's just like a clam with the tongue <laughs> sticking out <laughs> i'm really sad that i'm blanking on my other favorite pokemon i pulled up a i have like a, a thing up right now it's all 150 pokemon on on like one sheet and it's definitely almost identical to a poster i'm pretty sure my cousin had my, my cousin was really into pokemon as well um or our cousin rather um but it's i think it's like identical to that poster i this i i should have mentioned this in my memories when i was in middle school my friend had a pokemon poster that you may be referring to probably the same one it may have came with the game and m- my friend and i we went through and we assigned everyone in our class oh, a nice. pokemon oh that's so very said, good this person is this Pokemon. And we went through and we signed everybody. I, t- For the life of me, I, I couldn't tell you who was who or who I even I decided to assign myself. But uh, it was probably uh, definitely Kabutops. <laughs> I feel like my class did something similar, but then... Uh, our teacher banned Pokemon. Uh, oh, because, no, I did it. Because we, we did it too, in like... Well, we, we just were like nonstop talking about it, like the whole class was. So our teachers got mad and were like, no Pokemon for you ever. <laughs> we, we we did that. We did it in our free time. We didn't do it at school. Oh, okay. I see. We, we just arbitrarily like mean girls assigned Pokemon you had like You had like a burn book, but it was Pokemon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's going to do it for our Pokemon episode. Um, but again, if anyone wants to send us what your favorite pokemon is let us know we are always excited to hear from our fans especially when it comes to video games because Uh, this episode i said this episode was brought to us by a fan it was brought to us by a fan we had a fan who who sent in a request saying that we should talk about pokemon so this is us doing it and who knows they they may get back in touch with us and say you guys did a terrible job that most (laughs) definitely uh thank you uh we appreciate the uh the email doug yes thank you doug and if anyone wants to send us emails uh feel free to and we will who knows maybe you'll hear your theme or topic on the next classic gaming brothers episode right we as we always say we may come back and talk about more about pokemon oh Um, absolutely i mean this was primarily speaking about pokemon red and blue and uh, slash green and there have been other pokemon games released uh, they are, in fact, um, working on a Pokemon Snap game that's coming to the Nintendo Switch. Yes. So that's going to be riveting. Probably one of the one of the greater games. I yeah. feel like they don't need to release this Pokemon Stadium because I feel like the new Pokemon Sword is like playing Pokemon Stadium. However, Pokemon Snap is great, and I'm excited to see Pokemon Snap more Pokemon Snap. I think it's called New Pokemon Snap. I am. I'm very excited about it. Since we're talking about something that's exciting, let's talk about something that's not exciting. Are we, are we getting yeah. into that? Is that really that bad segment? So, so let's uh, let's talk about games that came out and were rated poorly or yes. received poorly, unlike the Pokemon games. And we played them and may have opinions about them, and it's. Uh, 
our is that really that bad nice so uh for my is it really that bad um i'm going to talk about a horror game um that i think i actually briefly mentioned by name in our horror game episode and that game is slender the arrival which currently holds a 65 percent on metacritic not a terrible terrible score but it's not a great score so slender the arrival came out in 2013 um originally released i believe on pc there was also like uh, a playstation version and an xbox version later um and it's actually a fully realized commercial release of parsec productions slender the eight pages and slender the arrival was developed by parsec and also by blue isle studios it's based on the slender man character and for those of you who listened to one of our last episodes i, I very briefly talk about the slender man character he's a uh creation of eric nudson who was a uh, a guy who on the something awful forums participated in a competition to create a scary monster and that's what he did he created a couple of photoshop images of this tall faceless being standing in the background of photos and it became kind of this internet phenomena so in slender the arrival you play as a character named lauren and lauren returns home to find that her friend kate has gone missing when you arrive you are attacked by the tall thin figure that has no face known as the slender man and that's the story uh at one point you run into a like it looks like a person with like a mask or something um who chases you it's called uh, they're called the chaser and uh, i believe spoiler alert that is revealed to be your missing friend kate who has been corrupted by the slender man so the game was partially developed with the assistance of the marble hornets youtube team marble hornets was this uh internet web series of sorts that was popular on youtube uh, during the time that the slender man was kind of kicking off in fact the first episode of marble hornets released like a day or two after the original story was posted which is really great turnaround on part of the developers uh but the, the team consisted of uh joseph delage tim sutton and troy wagner and they helped write the script for the initial release of the game the game is certainly scary when you first play it after you get over that first kind of initial playthrough and those first initial jump scares the game's horror kind of becomes very predictable it's also incredibly short it's only a few hours long i think i beat the entire game in under eight hours it lacks really any replayability because kind of once you beat the game that's kind of it things don't really change there are some hidden things to find but they don't really do anything they just add like an extra level that's short is it scarier than crunchy oh i don't think so i think crunchy might be the scary game of all time uh, i think crunchy is scarier than like hp lovecraft quality with with horror games i think it's very hard to introduce replayability and when a horror game does something to allow it to be replayable it's very commendable um the problem with slender the eight pages is that you don't really have there's no really way to like affect anything in the game it always ends the same and the the the, the each level is pretty much the same kind of level so you the way it is is you enter an area you're given a prompt such as collect collect this or or turn on the generators or do this and you do that and after you do the first one it gets harder because then slender man is after you and by the time you're collecting say eight pages of these notes that don't really have any reason to be in the game slender man is like always on top of you and you have to really avoid him that's where it can get tense but I was replaying it uh, not too long ago after I played through it the first time, and I managed to breeze through it like 
half the time I did for the first my first ever playthrough because while the notes will change like place every playthrough it it doesn't necessarily change the difficulty I mean it's the same you fight figure out ways to avoid Slenderman and he never really surprises you in in, in the sense of not being a predictable villain and I think that's where the problem of the game is it's it's and I mentioned it a couple of times is that it is fairly predictable so overall is it really that bad no it's not but i won't say it's worth paying full price at the moment i would say wait for a sale or maybe wait for like a bundle or something to to grab it i know it goes on sale fairly frequently um so maybe closer to halloween grab a sale if it's something that you aren't really sure if you want to play there are plenty of full playthroughs on youtube that are going to give you probably the same experience of playing it which isn't always a great pitch for a game is watch it on youtube it's true i mean it's 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 not terrible it's not great. It's a spooky game, you know. Um, so is it really that bad? No, but yes. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so my is that is it really that bad is going to be staying in my uh, tradition, as it were, of reviewing multiple games in a particular series or putting multiple games in a particular series in this segment is going to be Mafia 3. Uh, which uh, came out in 2016 and currently holds a 62% on a Metacritic, which is worse than a 65. Uh, it was uh, developed by Hangar 13 and published by 2K. Uh, the game covers uh, Lincoln Clay, who starts the game off with his uh, surrogate family, who just happened to be the Black Mafia, getting betrayed by the Italian Mafia and getting murdered. So then Lincoln uh, goes on to a quest for uh, revenge against the Mafia who murdered his uh, surrogate family, as it were. And uh, ensues a, uh, a, a a revenge story, as it were. Uh, so I'm going to break this out into good and bad. So the good, uh, the game takes place in a, a unique setting being set in like New Orleans, which is not a setting that gets uh, a lot of uh traffic in regard you you always see the games that are like uh, liberty city empire city it's like new york new york new york this one's set in new orleans so it's it got a bayou feel to it and it covers an aspect of uh, a mafia story that is not historically covered in a lot of mafia storytelling which is um having a, a black main character uh there that doesn't happen very often um yeah godfather uh, goodfellows all these mafia stories are all predominantly covering italian mobster stories um where mafia 3 main character lincoln clay is black and it is got such a good story the graphics are good uh for that the time period um they did modify a little more and re-released a definition definitive version i haven't booted up uh the gunplay is fun the first two hours of the game are just great and they teach you and tutor you through the game uh in a way that not a lot of games really know how to do a tutorial doesn't handhold you so, uh, Seth, you're saying, well, you're only speaking good things. Why is this in the really, is it really that bad category? Well, here's the bad. So once you get out of the tutorial, the remainder of the game has you progress through these repetitive tasks over and over and over again until eventually the gameplay just wears away at you. Uh, the, in order to even progress the story, you have to do repetitive tasks over and over and over again. You have to go to the swamp and get this 
truck full of drugs and drive it away or it's full of alcohol and you gotta drive it away but it's the same truck in the same swamp surrounded by the same guys and you have to do that six times before this next part of the story unlocks it's mind-numbingly boring the game also had a number of numerous bugs uh that came out and your interaction with them depends on your system but it did need a frame rate patch on day one so the game released and was locked at 30 frame rates and had to be, which is not a lot of frames. Uh, the game, yeah, was locked at 30 frame rates and had to get a frame rate release patch so that it could have uh, additional frames. And I actually played about 16 hours of the game and uh, walked away from it. Uh, the, the repetition of the game ended up just getting to me where I just couldn't play the game anymore, which is sad. Maybe one day I'll go back and beat it. Is it really that bad? Eh. The Mafia series is like a hill, and it just slides down as the games come out. And unfortunately for Mafia 3, though, it's not the story. It's the gameplay. Uh, The story for Mafia 3, like I said, is really um, fascinating and really covers something that's not really covered often, which is, and they do a good job at it. It's just the gameplay and the repetition that really drags Mafia 3 down. So, eh, I, eh, that's my, that's my, eh, I'm not saying yes or no, I'm just saying meh, is it really that bad? Uh, I, if you don't mind grindy type gameplay, then get it when it's on a really deep sale. But I would uh, pass on it if you're looking for structure. So with that, Zach, do you want to let people know how to uh, contact us, support us, and listen to us? I'd be happy to let people know how to contact, listen, and support us. And here's how you're going to do it. To contact us, open any email client that you you use. Uh, I think last time I, I suggested using CompuServe. That's a, you know, that's a good one. Uh, and, and send an email to classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com. And that email is going to go straight into our inbox where Seth will read it and I will hear about it if it's interesting. So, uh, and, and that's great. So do that. Uh, and that's how you can contact us, you know, classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com. You can also visit our website. It's www.classicgamingbrothers, yeah, classicgamingbrothers.com. And, uh, and, uh, we have a contact form there. You can uh, check out our contact form, fill in your information, send it right over to us. That goes to our email. So as I mentioned before, that goes right to our email and we'll take a look at it from there. You can send us anything. You can send us recommendations. Like I, uh, like we mentioned, this episode was based on a recommendation. So you can send us something like a recommendation. You can send us something like uh, a criticism or a, or a compliment, you know, anything. We're, we're always happy to receive fan mail or, or emails from, from our fans. Now, if you want to listen to us, there's plenty of ways you can listen to us because we are available on pretty much every podcasting application out there. Um, in fact, if I was to uh, talk to the Amazon branded device that is sitting next to me that I will not name because she will speak and asked her to play classic gaming brothers podcast she will play it so that's that's cool you can do that if you have a if you have a amazon device um again not going to say it because she's sitting right there and she's staring at me the next thing you could do is you could check out any of the podcasting applications that are out there on your apple or on your on your on your android uh, we are on pretty much all of them if for some reason there's an application we're not on let us know and we'll do our best to get on it that's a classic gaming promise and the best way you could support us is by telling three friends because if you tell three friends that means you like something and if you tell more friends that means you don't so make sure to tell three friends that you like classic gaming brothers because that's 
the best sign to show that that you you like it and then they'll hear the episode and they'll hear us say tell three friends and they'll tell three friends and then they'll tell you and things will get confusing because you'll be like didn't i tell you about classic gaming brothers and they'll be like no i thought i thought i told you about classic gaming brothers and you'll get into a big fight and you won't be friends anymore but guess what that friend probably wasn't worth having so that's that's the story of classic gaming brothers right there um so tell three friends uh you can also check out our merch store don't feel like you have to but if you want to wear a t-shirt that has our face on it or our coffee mug or something like that go right ahead uh follow us on any of the social medias because we've got twitter we've got instagram and we've got a facebook the twitter is cg brothers pod the instagram and the facebook are classic gaming brothers so check us out there you can also check us out on twitch that twitch is classic gaming brothers and we have my view which is vs v as in victor classic gaming brothers that is the uh my view when we're streaming certain multiplayer games that uh my internet wants to behave with so that is all the ways that you can reach out to us that you can uh, listen to us you can support us and that's all the ways that you can uh, get in touch i think that's it i think that's everything seth I can't think of a single thing, not one item, unless you can. Don't play games like my brother. And don't play games like my brother. I've been Seth. And I've been Zach. And we've been the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. It's like a motorcycle. That's what I was doing. Uh, what? I was doing like a like a motorcycle revving sound. Like, Cause, <laughs> oh, know, Pokemon like that old arcade motorcycle game? Yeah, I like that old arcade motorcycle game. <laughs>